Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the New Story Podcast with me, your host, Rebecca Conrand, life coach, energy practitioner, and astrologer. And this is your weekly energy report uh, where we look at the astrological impact um, for our collective um, as a life coach and um, an energy practitioner, along with being an astrologer, uh, I have a private practice where I helped to embolden uh, individuals in their faith, in their personal freedom, in really redesigning their habits um, to be more conscious and more of their personal choice instead of um, inherited from their past experiences and their uh, suffering. So I help people to anchor into self-guidance and healthy behaviors. Um, I use an amalgamation of my modalities in all of my sessions, um, including energy work, astrology, nutrition, sound healing, breath work, meditation, somatic movement, and addiction counseling. Um, So if you feel that you need some support at this time, you might think about working with me one-on-one. And if you just want to know a little bit more about your personal astrology, you might um, order one of my personal astrology readings where you can send me questions and I'll look at your birth chart and I will tell you um, about how the uh, recent transits that we're going through over the next few months are going to impact you most uh, keenly. So that's just my little bit of blurb on me. And, you know, I don't advertise it really because it's something that is, <laughs> well, it's not for everybody to hear about because um, I think it can uh, be a scary idea for a lot of people or it can be something that is also taken out of context. But I do work in mediumship and I work in ethereal realms and work with energies um, that are not necessarily embodied so energies that exist that are um, unseen to the you know normal eye um, as well as uh, karmic energies and things like that and so if you feel that there's something going on in your life that you need to get a handle of and you don't know if you have the tools to do so Um, you might consider uh, working with me too if that's something that you feel intuitively called to. And of course, everything uh, in terms of booking and my rates and all of that are on my website, www.rebeccaconran.com, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-C-O-N-R-A-N.com. And all of that is going to be linked in the show notes as per usual. Okay, so let's talk about this week. We've got the week of February the 19th to the 25th coming up. And um, there is one major, major transit that I think is very important um, this month, this week on the 22nd. And that's Venus conjunct Mars. And they're both in Aquarius. And this whole Aquarius season has been quite powerful because we're experiencing so many personal planets also in Aquarius. Um, We're going to have some more of that um, next month too, because the personal planets are going to travel through uh, Pisces 
And um, they're going to touch on both Neptune at home in Pisces and Saturn in Pisces. So there's work to be done with that stellium. And then this month, we've been going through this Aquarius stellium. And absolutely everything has been touching uh, Pluto. And so transforming the way we act, transforming our self-worth, transforming how we feel. Um, there's literally just transforming how we think. And so in order to transform, oftentimes we have to go through that, you know, breakthrough, that epiphany that, that <laughs> where the walls come crumbling down. Um, and so transformation is not easy, an easy process ever for anybody. Um, so this has not been a very easy um, month so far. And I think as well, because Aquarius is a fixed sign, which gives us like good steady energy for sticking around. Um, you know, fixed signs are also inflexible. <laughs> and so there's some difficulty in, you know, having that, um, well, just the flexibility that's necessary to kind of roll with the punches at this time. Um, so if you've been feeling that you are getting a pummeling, um, I feel for you. <laughs> you thought I was going to be like, oh, everything's going to be great. Uh, no, sorry. This week's also a bit more of a pummeling. It's a full moon week. So of course we've got like shit to contend with. But you know, I think one of the most important things this has been showing me with these transits, these Pluto transits, is to just roll with the fucking punches. Yesterday, I usually re record these on a Saturdays, and yesterday Venus was conjunct Pluto, and I said, nah, I don't feel like doing it. <laughs> that was me rebelling um, for my own self self-care. Uh, and I thought, no, the energy's not right. But then today, yeah, the energy's great. And the day before that, pff, I was feeling glossy as soon as Venus went into uh, Aquarius. So I think one of the most important things to remember is this too shall pass. Okay, like it's going to pass. The energy's going to pass. If there's if there are transits that are difficult, um, you know, take the lesson that perhaps this is a time for you to rest, for you to just shut it down. And um, there will come another time when it's time to kind of move forward again. And so if you're in a moment of fear and worry and uncertainty, um, that's just really a call to action of self-care on your part, you know, to do what's necessary to um, soothe yourself in a loving way instead of like running around and um, trying to accomplish too much or trying to fix everything. It's like, you know, we really have to go with the roller coaster of life and not be fighting against the tide, you know? So when a big wave comes, it's like being in the ocean, right? A big wave comes, you kind of have to just really get present and go and, and pay attention to that big wave and let the water wash over you um, and not exert all that extra energy struggling. Um, let's like find the moment to swim and find the moment to float. Um, okay, so this week we start on Monday the 19th and we start the week with Chiron conjunct our North Node. And currently Chiron and the North Node are both in Aries. Why is this important? Well, Aries is that rebirth, self-starting, 
um, energy. The North Node is the karmic direction of our collective. It's what we're meant to grow into. Chiron is the wounded healer. It's those it's those wounds we carry, karmic, ancestral, childhood, that um, are really this foundation for where we have attained our spiritual um, connection. And so when we have Chiron conjunct the North Node, so much of your um, the suffering that our collective's gone through, the suffering that we have personally gone through, it becomes the foundation for the love and the light and the um, care that we want to put into our future direction. It, it has a lot to teach us. Um, so with this, with this transit of Chiron conjunct North Node, it's so important to follow through on your own um, individual healing path and how it relates to making changes into the future. The, the North Node is this, is this really divine direction that we're heading in. And right now it's saying to us that the collective direction really is, um, there's this moment where our suffering becomes, um, instead of a point of our victimization and our perpetuation of suffering, it becomes this this thing where we can rise above these patterns that have existed in our um, ancestry, in our life, in our relationships with our parents, and our relationship with self. And it come it becomes this moment where we are the masters of our de destiny. And how do we work with the with the pain that we've experienced um, in a way that changes our destiny for the better? And so we're looking at this in a collective way. And of course, under the umbrella of Aries, the answer is that we need everybody's energy. We need the differences that we have. We need the, um, the independent um, individual, but we also need to find a way to work together outside of the selfishness, outside of the, the, um, uh, competitive nature that that human beings um, have taken on, you know, especially when it comes to that there's not there's a sense that there's not enough to go around when and there's not enough room for everybody to be their own individual when there absolutely is there absolutely is. So Monday, we're really feeling that intensely. I would say this is a great uh, time to realign your own vision of your, um, how the ways that you heal yourself, um, are, uh, these, the bedrock of, of how you will, um, you know, define your destiny moving forward. Like for me, right? I have Chiron in Gemini. A lot of people in my generation, I mean, everybody in my generation is going to have in that period of time when I was born is going to have Chiron in Gemini. Um, and, uh, for me, it's in the tail end of my fourth house. So what that tells me is that the, the wound that I experienced around communication and around the roots and traditions and the thoughts and beliefs and, um, of my childhood 
and um, my home life and things like that um, became really the impetus for me to um, become a speaker too, you know, um, and to share that knowledge in communication of my own healing process th because of the, s the suffering that I experienced in my childhood, being able to put that into words in a way that um, created um, a new destiny for me. And I also have North Node in Gemini, so my North Node is quite close to my Chiron. So I very much understand this transit in a natal way. And uh, it really means that we're putting to task our healing and we're making it work for us. <laughs> we're making it work for our future. So thinking about that in terms of your own healing, how can you uh, make your healing something that works for yourself and the collective in a way of it, it acts in terms of service? How does it help to bring more light into our collective and how does it help us to grow in our destiny and our uh, potential? Uh, the next big transit I want to talk about is on Thursday, the 22nd of this week. And that is a very um, rare transit. Um, Venus is conjunct Mars at 7 degrees Aquarius. I really liked the explanation of this degree. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I like the book Inside Degrees by Elias Lonsdale. It's all about uh, defining every degree of the zodiac. So I always look when there's a conjunction because I like to see, okay, well, what's the theme of this conjunction that's really being um, solidified into our subconscious? And at Aquarius 7, we've got a woman burning a book of black magic. And so I'm going to read this to you, and some of it might sound confusing, um, but you take from it whatever, whatever feels right. Karma works by indirection. We draw to ourselves what we previously activated, and, it, and as it comes back, we curse the reflection. Such gestures multiply. They gather force and momentum. And soon we have fixed ideas about what is pulling us back and what is carrying us forward. And before you know it, you've become partisan, taking up this side against this other side, swept up in the drama. And you even become sure in your mind that whole segments of existence are bad and terrible and must be renounced completely. Yet you are making a self-commentary in where your mind has led you, and there must come a point in the journey where the mind strips away its disguise, and you know once again that all is of God, that all is towards the good, and nothing can ever harm you unless you insist upon it. I just find this to be, like, what a magical moment in time, okay? And it's basically about... Um, I think at the, at the root of it, the dignity of our soul and our energy, of course, like there are things that happen to us that, you know, we can't help. I don't think that everybody living in Palestine has karmically, um, you know, uh, like resolved that they're not drawing that kind of violence towards them. Do you know what I mean? Um, that's not what I get from this reading or from how energy works in the world. I think that there are experiences that we go through where someone is projecting their violence and their, and their pain upon us. And it has very real effects in the physical world. And those things 
those things really happen. And it's one of the harder aspects of being a human being is that that exists and that happens to us. And no matter how loving and kind and um, responsible we are in our own energy, we still live in a world that is um, full of chaos and we live in society with other individuals and we don't always have control over how they respond to their own pain and suffering. And so sometimes things like violence um, are expressed randomly by strangers and things like that. And I don't think that there's something that people can do to um, block that away um, and to kind of live in a bubble in the world. But I do think that um, in terms of our personal experiences, our personal relationships and how we manage the dignity of our own souls, you know, those um, souls who are being so violently oppressed elsewhere, there's nothing that can touch the dignity of their soul. Their soul remains intact. And our lives here are so short and so wrought, you know, with suffering and survival, basically. We're, when, we're, when we're embodied as humans, we are fucking surviving from, from cradle to grave. And every single day is an act of survival. And even though we've built all these nice, comfy seeming boxes around us um, that create the illusion of security and comfort, um, you're just surviving every day. Your body is like literally just surviving every day. Um, and until it's not. But when we are intact in our soul, when we're intact in our soul, meaning that we know that no one can take away the dignity of who you are and the freedom of who you are in, inside and in your experience, um, things become different for us in how we act in the world and how we are motivated to behave. And I think for us in the Western world, it's so important for us to step away from, you know, we're the way showers. And, and what's going to happen, we're the way showers in terms of Western culture has a lot of power in the world because it has a lot of money and it has a lot of um, resources. Yes, many of them have been stolen and taken um, through um, dubious means. And as citizens of the Western world, now it's up to us to really define um, what this Western world's impact has on the rest of the world. And it makes it very important for us in ourselves to be defining who we are and how we take responsibility for our inner life, because that then becomes the way that we as a society are motivated to act and move. And it becomes um, the catalyst that's necessary to make changes in this society. And this society needs a tremendous change. Western society needs absolute paradigm change, absolute paradigm change. And that change is going to come through each of us changing within ourselves and accepting that like we're, we're 
facilitators, we participate in what happens to us in our experience day to day. Um, it's not just, um, that, you know, poor us and everything's just washing over us. No, we need to take an active role in it. There are things that just happen to us. Sure. And then there are things that we need to take an active role in. And as comfortable as our lives are in the Western world, and I don't take that lightly because there's a lot of discomfort, you know, to do with not having the right kind of support, medical, mental support, things like that, the cost of housing, blah, blah, blah. But in terms of the rest of the world, we have greater creature comforts in the Western world than people do have around the world. And it's so important for us to, um, in that in that space, not become lazy and apathetic and um, irresponsible in the way that we move forward. Um, many people probably aren't going to enjoy this from what I'm going to say. And this is just my personal opinion. I'm not stating this as an act of fact. But um, I think some of the people that are going to have to take the hardest look in the mirror this year are going to be Democrats and people who believe that they're liberal and that being a Democrat or saying what your beliefs are and actually acting in conjunction with those beliefs are two different things. And so the Democratic Party right now um, in the States, it has a massive responsibility to hold the DNC responsible for participation in a in acts of murder and oppression and violence um not just abroad not just in palestine and and throughout the world but on its own uh in its own borders you know that um the life here life in the states is an act of aggression against citizens you know that that people don't have their basic needs met is an act of aggression and the Democratic Party is complicit in that aggression and that there needs to be total paradigm change within the government of the United States and that includes dismantling not only the GOP but also the DNC. And I think that that's one of the hardest things that this time frame is showing us is that the denial and the laziness that people are going through where it's not enough just to agree with what's right. One must also live their life in accordance and behave in the function and the habit of those actions, really making choices around that. Like I live in, uh, I'm living in Bristol now. And one of the issues that I'm coming across is that while rent is cheaper here than it is in New York, um, there's a great deal of gentrification going on here. So I may be able to afford a higher rent here, but by, by, by um, getting housing that's in those price brackets, I'm participating in pricing other people out of the community. So one of the obstacles that I've been up against here in terms of finding a house for myself is finding housing that is within an appropriate realm of um, cost where I'm not adding to the gentrification of the area and of pricing people out just because I might have the funds to afford a rent that is higher than other people do here. 
And so these are all things that we need to be considering. Would it be easier for me to just say, yeah, I'm living in a fucking shoebox right now and I have no <laughs> like grounded space of my own um, while I'm in this like tiny little bedsit hotel room for the last few weeks. Um, I could be like, well, I'm uncomfortable. Let me just get in my, let me just get in my home and get in my comforts. Um, no, it's not enough to just try to make myself comfortable. My soul needs to be comfortable. And in order to do that, we need to really be showing up. And this Venus and Mars conjunction, I know I've been on a big old long rant and uh, tangent from it, but this Venus conjunct Mars um, transit is so important because it says, Venus, where do my values match my Mars, my actions? How do I live in accordance with my values? And I think it's through lots of small behaviors. It's what you will and won't accept. It's the way that you speak up in many, many small ways and the way that you shift habits in the tiniest of experiences not just where you go out and protest a war or something like that. It's like all the micro acts of um, when things are off. It's being present to those things and not acting as an aggressor in that, but acting in the favor of your values. Acting in the favor of your values. And the Aquarian values are about being a humanitarian, they're about equality. And so we're really feeling that um, push and we should be feeling it in our personal lives too. The freedom that we need to be um, living within and allowing for others to live within. Freedom for other people too. Where we, when we let other people really be free, they're free from our expectations. They're free from having to serve us, okay? Like freedom, giving people freedom is so multifaceted. It's not just about people having um, human rights. It's about the way that we view and have expectations of what other people, how their function, what their function is in our lives. On this same day, We've got Mercury at the last degree of Aquarius, so it's definitely pumping up the volume on that. Um, on all of these themes, I think they're going to be very, um, very intensely felt. And then Friday, we've got Mercury finally entering um, Pisces. And, um, you know, when Mercury enters Pisces, we, we start to imagine a world where there is more connection through our love for one another. You know, our logic, our comprehension skills, our communication, they do gain this more lovey-dovey, rose-colored, um, dream-like quality to them. There's a softness here, a sweetness. We want to express ourselves in a loving way. Um, we're thinking in terms of, you know, magical thoughts. Um, but there is a vagueness to this energy. It's, it's not good at the details. It's not going to be good at having complex conversations. Conflict can be tough with this um, energy. Um, it's, it's a foggy, it's a foggy placement for our minds to be in. There's a sense of oneness, 
But sometimes that's going to lead to improper boundaries. You know, we're thinking of oneness instead of oneness with the universe. We're thinking of oneness with, you know, somebody that we've got a crush on, like, you know, out in the world instead. So we, we, we do need to be very aware of what's taking up our mind space during this transit and not get lost in sort of illusion either. We need to be able to kind of snap ourselves back into reality and use the dreamlike quality to be um, imagining amazing potentials, of course, but not to let it distract us from the work of being present day to day. Do you ever find yourself having an argument with someone in your head? I find that when this happens, the other person is in my energy space and I'm letting them in by giving them permission. And so, you know, I think one of the things we might feel through this transit is that kind of uh, loose boundaries that need to be cleaned up. We might find a lot of stuff taking up space that um, we should be saying no to. And that that permission is such an important part too of what that degree of Aquarius that Venus is conjunct Mars is all about too. It's like we need to make sure that we're not um, um, perpetuating our karma by giving it permission to keep cycling through. You know, at some point we need to put our foot down and say no and to and to actively act away from the cycle of karma. And that might be, you know, um, in relationships, you may have a fear of rejection because you experience rejection or a fear of abandonment because you were abandoned by a parent at some point and experienced that. And it's up to us to understand that um, those patterns can become an unwitting, like we can be unwitting participants if we're not conscious of just repeating those patterns over and over again. And also inadvertently repeating those patterns by, by um, projecting those past experiences onto healthy relationships as well. So it's up to us to really keep ourselves in check and to really recognize what we're giving permission to, um, and to see life as this wonderful experience, this wonderful potential that we get to um, create uh, and and mold as we as we need to internally, and so really letting that empower you. Um, so with. Mercury and Pisces, we're going to be more apt to be romantic, to idealize situations. You know, sometimes that's helpful. Sometimes we need to look out into the world. I mean, now for sure, like absorb the beauty of the world. Like that's an important message to have right now. It is important to be in, informed and, and to be involved, but we also need to constantly temper it with the balance of wow, this is a beautiful world. Wow, people are loving in the world. Wow, people want to really um, create a more loving world and to and to tap into that energy as well. Um, not just the pain and suffering. Pain and suffering, yes, it is a part of this life. We must be clear on that and aware of it. Um, and we must also actively seek out um, soothing and cons- uh, compassion and beauty and to be actively creating in those worlds too with our minds which are the most creative tools that exist 
I would really avoid escapism during this time, drugs, alcohol, sex. It can really lead to further confusion. Um, if you feel very pessimistic and you're experiencing a, a lack of trust with yourself, you know, you need to really work to be grounded and present. A physical practice is important, you know, walking, stretching, yoga, meditation, things like that. Working with someone else. If you feel energetically overloaded, maybe it's time to have a session with someone who can, who can support you through that. And then finally, I would also pay attention to your dreams through this transit. Um, there's a lot of intuitive information coming through and, um, symbolism. And so it will tell you a lot about what's going on in your subconscious life. And then sometimes you will get some really magical, um, uh, symbols and support from your, from the, uh, from the other world, the ethers through that, through that, um, modality of dreaming as well. Finally this week, friends, the next day we are going to experience on Saturday the 24th a full moon in Virgo. Um, it kind of like snaps us back into reality, does any Virgo placement. Um, it's the, the last major aspect of the week and of March really, uh, of February rather. Um, it's a, a dutiful and service-oriented full moon in Virgo. And this is going to bring us big feelings for us towards our personal health, our hygiene and healing goals, our service-oriented goals. How do we serve? Who do we serve? Um, are we serving others to our own detriment? Um, or have we not found a way to give back to the collective? And so we're feeling an emotional pull. Um, the laws of the universe require that we engage in both a giving and taking in equal measure. So where there's disparity here, we're going to really feel this deeply on this during this full moon. Um, it's not our responsibility to take care of others to our own detriment. It doesn't help anyone when we exhaust our own reserves. Um, it doesn't help anyone when we enable others to not care for themselves because we're their savior. And, and then, you know, conversely, pulling on others energetically without giving back, um, not giving an exchange, um, for the care and the energy that other people give to you. These are things that, um, you know, are, they need to, these are things that need to be reconciled. So with Venus and Mars still in Aquarius, along with these Pisces shifts, you know, um, I think that freedom from belief systems that are keeping you energetically, uh, enslaved are on the agenda for healing. Um, so not giving away your energy to others, um, without that consideration and presence of what the exchange really is. Um, just cleaning up the hygiene around it and cleaning up the hygiene around how we serve. And if we are, if we're really using our, um, if we're participating in healing, uh, properly for ourselves. So if we have the discipline and organization to really set life on a course that is, is healing in its, um, and being of service to ourselves, that's part of this full moon in Virgo. And then on the other side of it, are we using that wonderful knowledge to serve our collective, to serve our communities, to serve those who, um, need that example. And so 
I like to think of, you know, the moon is very much like our feminine energy, our feeling, being, receiving, creating, destructing energy. And our masculine energy is the doing, the fixing, the drive. And the masculine energy is really the energy that needs to be of service. How do we serve the feeling side of us? How do we serve the creating side of us? How do we serve um, the side of us that's in chaos and needs to destruct sometimes? Um, so the masculine side is not just like getting ahead and being ambitious. It's there to serve, to do, to um, act on behalf of the feminine energy. And, um, and that's something that needs, we all need to take a look at right? From one way or another, if we're, if we're actually embodying that. All right, friends, that is the energy report for this week. The week of February 19th to the 25th. I hope you have a very good week. If you are looking for some support, you can, um, book a session with me through my website, www.rebeccaconran.com. Um, if you want to become a supporter of this podcast, you can, um, give any amount in a donation via Venmo at Rebecca-Conran, or you can become a patron of this page. And I want to thank everybody that is on Patreon that helps to support the, um, accessibility of this podcast, making it available to others. Um, and, uh, finally, you know, just send your good energy, <laughs> like, Send your love to the patrons and, uh, and, um, and, you know, best yet is to just be a grounded presence when you're in the channel of this, of this podcast. Um, that is also a way to share good energy. All right, friends. Well, I will speak to you next week. Lots of love. Bye-bye.